Everybody hear me? My name is Kerry, and once again, you're listening Hello? to that better? From the Hill. Okay. Once again, that is Pogo. I it get me hyped. I feel so appropriate to me to include those sounds in the show. Hopefully, uh, it didn't for you. Imaginary intro music was also pleasing, so that's something else to think about. What I want to talk about in this episode is, in part, just just circling through the the, the starting point and and the theme, which is the need for us to be aware of the tensions in our conversations the the dead ends not not dead ends but the the points at which we approach abandoning our conversations to observe the fact that we are we have so much more to gain from one another to learn of, of one another and so much more to be with one another that we are not approaching because we're stopping at points of discomfort well before we really embrace one another. Really, maybe we need to look more at our relationships and and, um, and you can look at that across the board, but relationships at every scale as a, as a need for constant embrace and re-embrace of one another. And our, our philosophical programming, our psychological programming, and our emotional programming often get in the way. How often? Every day, I would have to say. I would, you know, it's not just that you're going to end a conversation too soon with someone today or tomorrow. It's that these conversations that are never going to begin. So many of them. And and so I'm I've never put it in that way. But then in a, in a significant sense, this show is about about being aware of the conversations we're not having. It is about looking at the problems within our problems. I think I've written something like that as the show's description. And it is about how to dive deeper or, or be, d- dive at all into, into um, relationships of listening, into conversations that are productive just think about it. How many times are you going to have a conversation this week in which your main objective is to reach the end of the conversation? How many times will you have a conversation in which you would like to be heard, but you give up on that? How many times this week will you have a conversation in which you hope to learn something from someone, but what they are saying to you is actually just ends up being a regular old repetitive tripe that you can hear from anyone else. And then then you can come back around to, well, if I already know all of those sorts of conversations are going to happen, how's, how do those expectations play out on the conversations that I might have, but I'm not going to have? Kind of like I already asked. It's happening. It's happening. Why should I carry spend time talking about these things well i think if you really value society if we really do all depend on one another if we're social creatures then we actually have to act like it our suppositions have to be in line with with something that's going to make that true 
functional and useful. So it's just not an option for us to continue to walk away from one another anymore and say, well, you're voting for Trump or you're voting for Biden or, you know, you won't wear a mask. It's like you can't just you can't just cancel people and expect that things are going to work out. Expect that your kids are going to to grow up in a world like you grew up in, which probably wasn't very bad. You know, if you grew up in the 70s or 80s, my my uh, um, or early 90s, my you know my take is that you grew up in a, in a in a pretty awesome world, especially if you grew up in the United States, and that's gone. I don't care. I don't care how much more fantastical it looks today. That world is gone in terms of human experience because we've replaced it to a great extent with technology, and that technology has not kept up. It's pardon me. It has outpaced our ability to be humans. It has outpaced our ability to be uh, listening and kind and thoughtful. And to a great degree, we've expected this technology to replace our humanity in such ways. We expect it, you know, to, to Facebook to make us more social. Social media is antisocial. So there's uh, plenty of things that have gone wrong and and so today the main topic of this episode is one of the ways that people uh, shut off conversation and I think relieve themselves of the need of listening in a lot of cases um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that and we'll see we'll see what implications it has on the the larger themes of this show it's an idea that has been brewing in me for seven or eight months and I think it's a pretty important one for this show and beyond. I will begin though with a several weeks ago I came across a clip from the movie Fight Club. Uh, it's it's the, the final scene of the movie and uh, they're going straight into spoilers here. What's what's happening is um, Edward Norton telling his significant other, uh, a woman, that she's met him at a very strange time in his life. And I, at, the, at, at that moment that I was watching this, I thought, yep, this is a very appropriate moment for me to, you know, be watching uh, to be you know to be watching this clip and, and hear that sentence because indeed it was a strange time. It is a strange time. And and the next thing that we see on screen is zoomed out is huge buildings falling to the ground. And it's because Edward Norton and his fight club have morphed into an underground network with rather serious um, political and economic missions. And what they've done is just basically they've destroyed a bunch of banks and, and thereby destroyed the records of uh, the debts of millions of people in the United States and, and beyond, plausibly. And I this, this movie, Fight Club, has long been recognized by, by people I respect as uh, nihilistic. They're... It's been many, many years since I watched the movie, but I, there's a fair amount of dialogue that is, I think, 
fairly taken as cynical, as perhaps nihilistic. You know, it, it, it takes a hold of so many things that are plausibly wrong about contemporary human life and and just kind of shines a light on these things and says, really? Really? Is this how you should live? Is this how humans should treat one another, etc.? And and it's compelling. I don't I'm I'm not here to to pray heap praises on the movie Fight Club, that's for certain. But I think that it that putting the label nihilism on on all of that is a bit too presumptive. It's it's too early conclusive. Um and I, I think even if you're looking squarely at the matter of the protagonists in the story destroying the banking and, and credit system as as purely nihilistic, I, I think take a step back. This is this is what I've been trying to communicate is that you know the, this fight club is a work of art. But if you find yourself in a conversation with someone, you're going to need to take a step back. The dialogue might be very similar to this artwork that I'm talking about. And so I say take a step back and really observe this this work of art. No matter no matter what you think else is 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 crass or or dark about it, take a step back and 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 listen to its elements of truth. Because you can't just go around calling things nihilism and expect that to be an argument. It's not. And I definitely understood that when I was watching this clip of these banks falling while at the same time being in the process of learning just how corrupt, just how like bottomlessly, endlessly corrupt our financial system is. In that, I'm talking about the stock market, I'm talking about the bond market, I'm talking about the derivatives markets. It's, it's bad, folks. It's really, really bad. And, and so there I was watching this video of this, this character in a movie who's, who's actualized himself. You know, we... He, we, we have these different kind of competing narratives in, in our world society right now for what it means to be a, to be a man, to, to embrace masculinity, right? We've got one group of people who's embracing their masculine or, 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 or trying to leverage the masculine energy of a population into violence against other populations, right? Well, here's here's one way that this takes form. You know, we we find this character of Edward Norton's who's kind of emasculated by his work, and and then he finds this more empowered version of himself that that is really the shaper of the story, and so at the very end, he's he's embraced himself as an effective person while also t killed the toxic elements of himself that got him to, to a more effective point in his life. And what has he done? He's, in the movie, 
he what he's done by destroying the, these banks and and therefore by the history you know the history of of everybody's credit is he has removed millions of strangers from slavery I'm going to try to maintain that pause. A lot of times I, I go and I try to uh, I truncate the silence, but I want, I, don't, I want to leave that pause. I, again, I haven't watched the movie in years, but this mission that they were on, that's the, that's the shape it took was... We're going to hit this reset button for people, for real people. And while I am a free market capitalist and I, I think you know, people should, I, I think that from what I see on the internet, not enough people are cognizant uh, of or, 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 uh, of the choices that they've made so they, they don't they don't psychologically embrace you know that don't they don't they don't speak out a, a, with a sense of responsibility for the choices that they've made you know for for the choices that their choices that do continue to shape the world uh, and 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 that and that is is part of my my laissez-faire philosophy is that that we're all doing that we all have a choice to shape the world all the time. But I'm I'm sympathetic to to the flip side, which is that forcibly our choices are are pretty limited, and. I'm definitely sympathetic now to the idea that the systems that we have, many of the systems that we have are irredeemable and they are enforced by violence and intimidation. And so that is where the, the crux of this episode comes forth, is that when someone tells you this or that institution must be ended. It is incumbent upon them to explain why. And, and hopefully in the fullest detail. I myself am of a person who says these sorts of things from time to time. And hopefully I'm, I'm prepared to say them and to say them fully, as I'm, I'm suggesting. But that's all that's incumbent upon me. It's not really incumbent upon me to whole hog theoretically produce an alternative system to replace an unjust, an egregiously unjust system. Key example here being the abolition of slavery in the United States. There was a lot of chatter about what that would mean, as far as I can can gather. At the time of, of abolition, 
there was a lot of chatter by opponents of abolition that, you know, what's that going to do? It's just going to, you know, it's going to make some sort of craziness through the country to make a bunch of slave people free. You know, what, what are they going to do? How are they going to live? Are they just going to go crazy? Whatever. And all of that amounted to just nonsense. You know, what, what came next was, was not easy in, in many cases and places. Uh, it could have been easier, though, had it not involved a lot of, of more nonsense, Jim Crow, uh, etc. But it was never incumbent upon the abolitionists who were trying to end a terrible blight on humanity. It was never incumbent upon them to produce whole hog some alternative for for what slaves would do with their time or what or how slaves would live. It's like um no, we you know, we can begin to talk about that some other time. You don't get to block this conversation by saying I'm a nihilist because I want to end slavery. You just want to tear down what we have. Hmm, that sounds like a really convenient excuse. And yet that is the that that is a persistent uh, avenue of discourse, a dead-ended avenue. And so I think that that needs to be examined here. So a similar circumstance would be today. I'm quite serious, and I have been for 10 years when I say that the quote-unquote public education system must be ended. It's a topic too big and worthy of one or two hours of explanation, perhaps. Most people don't seem to get it. Not even close. And people who claim that they get it are not really very enthusiastic or about actually making any changes. But for those of us who are familiar with the the net balance of government schooling, that is to say, where we're actually at. Uh, because most people don't see the dark side. I, I, I think that, that people, they see what's to be seen, and they don't see what's not seen. And they, so they don't see the negative sides. They don't see what's missing. They don't see how children are being you know, hamstrung, how they're being debilitated, how they're being abused by our schools our schools. They're certainly not mine. They're not probably yours either. And so, you know, for the sake of simplicity, let's say my argument's valid. They need to be ended. This this brings an uncomfortable point for people anywhere on the spectrum, which is 
well, we need, we must have schools. You know, there's this injunction that we, well, we got to have schools. Where are they going to come from if, if all of a sudden there's no public funding in in these government schools? You know, they're state schools. They're propaganda centers. I just I'm gonna, uh, reiterate the the illegitimate uh, illegitimacy of the system. You know, what about what are we going to do? What are they going to do? Therefore, you're a nihilist, Kerry. You're you're a nihilist if you say we just need to get rid of them because you're not throwing up any uh, alternative. And so, as I've already said, one, it's just not incumbent upon me to to produce a whole hog system. And it, 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 you and and you 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 kind of never not to mention the the opponent in this argument being having you know, taking no responsibility of their own for the creativity uh, or imagination of a system, a distributed, non-centralized system, by the way, that might sprout up and has sprouted up and, oh, by the way, preceded the what we have today in the way of education or schooling was was or very organic and practical-ish ways of teaching children. The, these were distributed and, and and I think that in a lot of cases they were much much more productive environments for learning. And I'm not I'm not just talking about for a privileged class I, that may have had had one on one access to Aristotle. I'm I'm talking about wherever this may have taken place. You know, one room schoolhouses in the middle of a forest in rural Ohio. Right. I, I I'm talking about something that that was much simpler and and more wholesome and and by the way oh it didn't have um just over the top elements of propaganda involved in it but if today i suggest that it's that it must be ended what we have must be ended one it, it its own merits are very poor and the negatives are are um, endless to the point you know you know they're now imperceptible because we have more than a generation of adults who were fully inculcated into uh, this system that that you know they they fully bathed in it and and most of them have far the vast majority 98 percent of them have not had the opportunity i mean i, I maybe i'm exaggerating but the vast majority of people have not had the the opportunity or the wherewithal to recover from this system. I mean, so so one I, that makes it very difficult to have the conversation at all. Two, even even if you think that that what I'm saying has a lot of merit to it, that this system must be ended without without a bunch of questions, <laughs> then then. Uh, you, you know you still you still have to get on page with the idea that well it's you have something is going to arise and it's not the responsibility of the people who end injustice to come up to 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 whole hog produce the beauty of justice that again you know it's being perpetrated by a good chunk of society right so all of, all of a sudden, you know, you you need, you know, if if you're if you're the opposite, you're the listener here in a conversation in which I'm what taking the lead and saying that education, public education, 
as it's called. I, I think it's more appropriate to, to call it uh, government schooling. If, you, if you're taking the, the, the role of listener here and, and, and inquisitor here, you got to go, well, you know, if you're right, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? And I, I don't know why the answer doesn't come back a little more quickly. Stop it. You're like, you have to stop it. You have to make, at minimum, allowances for people to get out of the system. You, as an individual, needed, need to be supportive of people who say, you know, who, who promote choice in education. This episode, again, is not supposed to be about that. It's about, it's, it's what it's supposed to be, though, about is the reductio ad nihilism fallacy, which is that if I can just pin on an argument, well, that you're just being nihilistic because you want to just tear down this thing without putting up any alternative. That's bull. That I'm, I'm saying if that right there is, is a logical fallacy formulation, you can't just say just because someone, you know, you want to tear something down, therefore you're a nihilist, therefore your argument is invalid. I, I think that we are supposed to, at minimum, infer that last line. Your argument is invalid because I've called you a nihilistic, you know, or I've called your argument nihilistic. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's an attempt to evade without invalidating the point of injustice in the conversation. Is it invalid or is it, you know, is there truly injustice at hand? It, I, I, injustice, I think, is probably taking on a shorthand that's subsuming some other wrongs. And and a big part of the, the so this conversation is, is there something redemptive about a system? Is there something redemptive about, of a, about a set of rules or a rule or a law? Because if there is, if the, if the base of any system is good, then, then we owe it to ourselves to, to not jump to throwing away the whole system. But we don't owe it to ourselves if, if the core is rotted out. If there is nothing really left, you know, if, if really what we have is a system of corruption that is, that is um, parasitic and, and living on the remnants of a virtuous host. I, I would say that that is what we have largely, that's largely what the United States is today. We had the Declaration of Independence. It's a tremendous document. It says men are free from other men. It's not really about the group of white settlers known as Americans declaring freedom from the British crown. It, it's, it's saying men, individual people, should be free from one another, and they are. We're writing it down for the world to see now and forever. You get the Constitution. It's a pretty good document. It's not without fail, but it's one of the most impressive things that was ever brought forth in the, in the, in history to, to say, we're going to try to set out a way that, that, that actually secures freedom for generations, you know, gives them a, gives them a path of, of freedom, not, not a path for stability through monarchy and, and, and stability at any cost where your life, an individual's life is only, you know, valued insofar as it's valued by the king or the emperor, etc. But no, because everyone everyone's life is is their own and it's valuable. 
and and we're going to try to set out a way to maintain that. You know, so we had this this beautiful beautiful premise for the United States of America to be born, and and sometime in the 19th century that that body was hijacked and um, you know it, it is now I, I think mostly gone and and what we see today is is just a facade of that which which is draped over the parasitic creature that is the international banking cartel and and so here we are the question is what's redeemable about what we have and i'm not saying i, I rather than try to go straight at the united states the concept of the united states the usa I'm really looking at different pieces. I'm looking at the financial system. I'm looking at the monetary system. I'm looking at the agricultural systems. I'm looking at this education systems going, okay, and and what what about this whole field or what about the individual pieces that make it up? You know, and maybe it's just because I'm not talking about the education. I'm not talking about education, period. I'm talking about government schools are enforced by force and I'm saying hey this is a no go you know we we do this in other ways and we call that slavery we do it in other ways and we call it propaganda or you know if it's done in some other country it's it's brainwashing but no if it's done here it's 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 called public schools and it's not benevolent right there's nothing there's and I see nothing redemptive about this you don't have to go there with me right now you don't have to go there at all what I'm what I'm asking of you is to reflect on the possibility that I'm right and not just say, well, we have to have schools. Like, what's wrong with you that you're just you just want to tear down what we have and leave all these poor children without schools? And so it is totally invalid of you to it would be totally invalid of someone to say that to me. And yet it happens with regularity. Uh, as far as either the rare occasions that I have this conversation about schools, it's just an example, though. So it, it's it's not valid because one, you're attaching ideas to, to to me that I haven't even mentioned. If you're saying I want poor kids to go without school, or that I haven't thought about it, you know, that's that's the other side. Is well, what about all the poor kids that you're gonna deprive of school? It's like so, you know, do you do you, are you are you saying that I haven't considered what what's going to happen i haven't considered anything um uh, have you considered for that for that matter what the role of government schools is in the creation of poor people have you have you thought about what good might come if suddenly there was a different landscape of thought that was available to not just poor kids but but you know the children of, of very rich people on and onward. The, the the chances are that you haven't, or maybe if you're listening to this podcast, you're an exceptional person and you have thought about it. You have thought about the upward possibilities, but it's not an option to just say no. You just want to tear stuff down. No, you're. This is nihilistic. We're keeping it. We're keeping the Federal Reserve. You know, you don't have an alternative. You know, since when? Since when is it okay to just Keep a status quo that is robbing people blind just because there's no alternative. Oh, that's right. It's 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 been a win of 
forever. It's been a win of since the moment you gave up on there being a better world, since the moment that your heroic notions of yourself were erased or subsumed through vicarious heroics of television. It's okay to have a status quo that is evil, right? Just because we haven't cooked up an alternative, just because it would be difficult, just because it looks like it's quote-unquote working? No, of course not. And I think that to a great extent that is what reductio ad nihilism is about. It's, it's a really quick phrase. It's a really convenient phrase to shut down the need of important conversations about huge changes that we need. And so I have of late been looking at the financial system at, <laughs> you know, every time a tremendous report comes out on the Reddit sub that I follow, I just marvel at the depth and scope of the con artistry and, and, and fraudulence that the financial system consists of. And, and, and for the most part, it gets a good rap. It gets a respectable review. And I'm going, wow, what's redeemable here? I don't want to d- deliver a conclusion too soon, but the the question becomes more daunting when you add in the question of who are all these people? You know, you think about all the stakeholders in in the big banks, big international banks especially, and and you go, well, almost none of them, but or or maybe none at all, have an interest in us an interest in in a sound monetary system. They all have vested interests in in a derivatives market that is really opaque and huge because they you know they they stand to gain silly silly um profits by betting against one another and it it, it it's all part of maintaining you know the, the the massive leverage that they have is is I think inextricably part of the the sovereign debt that we have you know and it, it's part of you know so the financial system is part of perpetuating the monetary system and 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 so in order to keep the monetary game going that it needs a place to root itself and that place is the financial system and the financials I'm talking about stocks. I'm talking about options. Talking, you know, so those need a a source of sustenance, and and they need also control over the. Let's just put, you know, so the, so Wall Street needs control, enough control over over DC to to keep the game flowing in the way that would be most convenient, and and DC needs. Wall Street to exist also as a as a as a as a place to flow to, uh, and I'm talking about the the bond, I'm talking about the Federal Reserve. It's it's a symbiotic system that is overall really really bad. And I'm going well. What is redemptive here? What 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 can you know? Is there is there any skeleton that would be left from the the from the corpse of this? system after it's brought down. I'm sure there's something. Okay, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I just think we owe it to ourselves to ask better questions. 
I think we owe it to ourselves to to be more serious about whether or not the the milest the, the the milestones the the major structures on our landscape really belong here or not just because they're here just because they look useful the answer is not always going to come back positive it's not always going to affirm yeah we need this system that is so important it's certainly not going to come back yes it's good for everyone it's probably not even going to come back yes it's important it's good for 95 percent of everyone that i really don't think so. not not if we're being honest with ourselves about what's good you know if, if truth is what is really important if, if truth is what we make a better world out of we can't do it by shutting off conversation by saying that a proposition is nihilistic and if truth is what we make a better world out of then we we have to entertain the possibility that the truth might be that some things just have to go and we have to rebuild later i thank you for your time and your attention have a great weekend this isn't flying, this is falling with style.